Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome back, everybody. We're so happy that you joined us again. We are here with Why Is This So Hard? Shining Through the Shadows of Resistance. So I'm Erica Leek. And I'm Tanya Breland. And our work today is about (laughs) banning books, to ban or not to ban. But we, in this podcast series, we discuss um, issues that prevent us from being socially just and free. Yeah, and so, you know, we're here really to um, challenge your thinking um, and help you to be the change that you might want to be and really to move society along where we are a better society. We look at people differently, we treat people differently, um, and everyone is is seen in society. And so today we're going to talk about books banning books and Mm. the topic of censorship, which is not so new, unfortunately, but Mm -hmm. we found some patterns in what gets banned and what gets allowed. Mm. So what about you? Tell me about your experiences with banned books or books that were disallowed. (laughs) Well, I can take, I can start with a personal story. So, you know, back in the day when I was a teenager or maybe adolescent, Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe going into teenagehood, um, there was a book that came out. There was a lot of hoopla around it. It was a Judy Bloom book called Forever. Do you remember that book? I remember. (laughs) So I guess there was a sex scene in the book, you know, Mm -hmm. or maybe multiple, I can't remember. But I remember, you know, because there was hoopla, you know, my father was like, you know, nope, you can't read that book, you know, and it was like, yeah, but everybody's reading it. <laughs> you know how that flew, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> I did get a copy of that book. I'm not going to tell you how, but I got a copy of it. <laughs> and I read the book. And, it, you know, what? I don't think it was like all of it. It was, was not all that. Like, it didn't make me want to go out and have sex. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> At that stage and age, I, you know, I, that that wasn't a thing yet, you know. So... But I think it was really like his whole thing was, you know, I want to protect your innocence. I want to make sure that, you know, that you have pure thoughts and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I get it. He's a parent. He's a dad. You know, that's what they do. That's right. But in school, things should not quite look exactly the same because school is really about opening up um, students' lenses to see the world from different vantage points. Yeah. And there's a lot out there to learn and a lot out there to read. Um, and I just think that what we're seeing, because what we're seeing is a movement yep. against certain um, literature or certain pieces of material, um, books that are in classrooms, um, that some people think students shouldn't read. That's right. What I are mean, your thoughts? I mean, I think that's, to me, when we talk about public education in a public education system you know everybody's experiences and perspectives really should be represented Mm -hmm. right so there shouldn't be a certain part of the public that doesn't get you know represented i think 
part of the challenge with um, banning books or, um, you know, censoring or anything like that. I, I think it's really like, like you said, like this attempt to protect kids from something you think they may not be ready for. But I think in a public education system, and I think even at home, I think there really should be this great conversation, right? So this is what we're, we're learning about in school. This is what we discussed. And, at, and then home says, well, what do we think about that, right? Mm -hmm. And so here's right. what my beliefs are, or here's what you know we believe, or whatever that structure is. Mm -hmm. But I think it's that great conversation. And I think not allowing kids to even talk about it, read about it, or anything like that, I think it really limits that lens. It yeah. really limits the opportunity for them to just come in contact with different ideas, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the point of public education. Right. Right. We all get to talk about these different experiences and ideas. Mm -hmm. And though they may not, it may not be an experience for you. I read that book. I was like, I don't want to have sex. You know, <laughs> no, thank you. You know, right. but it also, it also was a really interesting book about teenage relationships. Right. And right? That's, that's real. And girls are going through that that's all the time. Absolutely. Right. You that's know? absolutely right. Not just right. girls, kids. But that was, that's the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And so reading it at, I think, what were we, like 12, 13, 13 or something maybe. like yeah. that, you know, I was getting ready to go into that space where these kinds of things, the, the relationships and the pressure for sex and all of that was about to happen. Mm -hmm. And for those spaces where, for those families that were like, you absolutely can't read it, you know, what a missed opportunity. To have to a conversation. Say, right, to right. say to a 12 or 13 year old, what did you think about that? Right. Right. You know, what did you, you know, what do you think about those characters? What do you think about the situation that she was in? What do you think about the fact that after she had sex with her boyfriend, they broke up? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. You know, that would have been just a really great opportunity for that. And I think when we say we don't want this topic, I think we miss opportunities to talk to our kids about some really complex issues. Right. And, and the other th issue I think that's happening with book banning is also... Um, you know, if you think about when we were in school, in English classes, especially in high school, we typically would read stories written by white, old, dead white men. The dead white guys. Yep. Yes. And those were considered the classics. Yes. The those canon. were considered, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, every child mm -hmm. should read these books. Mm -hmm. You know, these are, these are like, this is good. This is a good yeah, education. Right. This that's is a good right. education. Mm -hmm. Where, um, you know, we when we look at those stories, you know, you look at whose story is being told, yeah. you know, who's being centered sure. with these yep. books, mm -hmm. and who's actually represented here. Yep. And so, you know, a lot of times when ban book banning now is happening in schools, a lot of it is because there are some stories that some people don't want to be told. That's absolutely right, that's and it. I was watching a documentary recently with Toni Morrison. Mm -hmm. It was riveting, by the way, on Netflix. Um, <laughs> I, I probably good. shouldn't do a plug, right? But <laughs> it was very good. It was very good mm -hmm. and very inspiring on, on many levels. And one of the things that, um, that they talked about was early in her career when she first started writing, um, people were, um, you know, the critics were very critical of who her audience was. Mm -hmm. She was very clear that her audience was, she was writing for 
you know, an audience of black people yeah. because she wanted to share the stories of mm -hmm. African Americans mm -hmm. and what their experiences, their lived experiences were in yeah. fiction, yeah. you know, I mean, and she was, she was very creative in how she would depict these stories, but she was criticized that she was never going to, you know, have the kind of acclaim that other white authors had mm -hmm. in that space mm -hmm. and that she needed to, to write for um, audiences that were mixed. Mm -hmm. And she stood her ground and chose to continue to write for the audience that she was interested in writing for. Because when she was in school and she went to Howard University, H U U no. Okay, I had to do that, I'm sorry. That's my alma mater. Um, but at the time that she attended, mm -hmm. they also were teaching the classic mm -hmm. old dead white mm -hmm. authors. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so she felt like I wanna write what I wanted to read. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, but in you know, her making that decision. And at some point she became a, you know, a Nobel mm -hmm. um, prize winner yeah. for her literature. Right. So I mean, it was world, you know, world renowned, mm -hmm. but really what she was talking about was representation. Yes. And so when we talk about banning of books right now, it's really addressing, you know, um, trying not to represent somebody, if you will. Yeah, and, and very often it's like those populations or those groups that are, you know, being banned, whose stories are being banned, are really stories that even sort of whoever wants to ban them doesn't really know about or doesn't really want, you know, because they're uncomfortable with the nature of it. Mm -hmm. So uncomfortable mm -hmm. with talking about racism. They're uncomfortable with talking about, you know, even somebody who's been sexually assaulted, or they're uncomfortable about talking about these topics that you know, they don't really know what to do with. And I think, you know, even to say like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not mm -hmm. know it, but let's have a conversation. It's not okay for kids to never come in contact with it. Right. Like that's just, right. it's just, it's just not okay. Right. And I, I think you're right. I think it goes back to, you know, representation. So when we talk about, you know, like Faulkner or, or Hemingway or, or, you know, any of those, you know, um, the dead white guys, although they were gifted writers and not taking anything away, you know, they, they're not the, they're, they were the voices that were allowed to be heard and read and learned about. Like those voices were, you know, and continue to be pushed, you know, to, um, to classrooms and, and book groups and stuff like that. And yes, again, gifted writers, great stories, but they're not the only stories. That's right. Right? right. They're not the only, theirs isn't the only lens of living and learning and loving and failing and trying. Like they're not the only ones. And I think um, the fact that, you know, I, I saw that same great documentary. Um, one, the fact that in college in, at, that she didn't really get exposed to to black authors. That shocked me. I don't know that why. shocked that, me, that, too. That really, really shocked me because it wasn't like that when I went. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it was a different time period. Right. And then even for her sort of not to be to be challenged in her own literary space about who she you know would write about. But I think that speaks to sort of that larger system. Right. Yes. So we're yes. In, we don't want to we don't want to hear about these stories. You know, mm -hmm. her book, The Bluest Eye, is still banned. It still, you know, tops a lot of banned book mm -hmm. lists, mm -hmm. you know, which is incredible to me mm -hmm. because the topics in that, um, you know, in that particular novel, you know, we we, we still read about it. we're still confronted with. 
every day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so for kids, for us to say, okay, yes, this is an issue in society, but we don't want to talk about it, I think is, again, I keep saying a missed opportunity, but I, I think it's, it, it's unjust. Right, it is unjust. It's unjust. Right, because oftentimes what, what is being touted as great literature centers whiteness. Yes, it does. You know, it doesn't center the lens of other students. Now, you know, when we think about lens, there, there was an example I wanted to just kind of, just kind of um, talk about a little bit, you know. So say we both are, um, you know, riding down the street and we see a car accident. The police ask you, you know, Erica, what did you see? And you begin to tell the story as you saw the car accident from where you were Mm -hmm. in, you know, Mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. I'm maybe coming from the other direction. I'm going to share what I saw from another lens, Mm -hmm. from another direction. Mm -hmm. There may be other bystanders who saw something or heard something. And when when you look at all four reports, you're going to see something a little bit different because our lens are the vantage point where we were when it happened what Mm -hmm. we saw Mm -hmm. from where we were Mm -hmm. like maybe maybe you got there one minute after me you know and you saw something right before i did um you know maybe i stayed a minute beyond you and saw something that you didn't see right Uh, maybe i heard something that you didn't hear right it doesn't mean that it's a different story it just means that we have a different lens about how we present that story right and i think that's often what's missing in literature in schools and that's what is unjust. That's what hurts students because somebody in that classroom is likely not represented in what they're reading. I remember when I was in college, um, I had, I took, uh, it was the class with something like, it wasn't African-American literature, but it was definitely like, it centered voices of people of color. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we read, I had been reading Jane, I have read Jane Eyre so many times. I just, I really didn't, love that novel. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but I just loved it. I still love it. But when I got to college, um, part of the, in part, in the part of the plot of Jane Eyre, like the man that she goes to uh, work for up in the attic, there is a woman that's locked away. And Mm -hmm. it's because she has like mental health issues and she's, um, she's, he met her in the Caribbean or something like that. So she's a woman of color, right? So when I got to college, I read this other book called The Wide Sargasso Sea, and the book was really based on, it It sought to tell her story. Oh, wow. Right? And so that was the first time mm-hmm. that I really, because, you know, like, like Toni Morrison, you know, in high school, you know, we read The Dead White Guys, you know, that's, that's, that's who we read. I was an avid reader, so I read everybody on my own. But that's who we read in school. So my expectation for an institution, um, and I didn't really question it. I wasn't like, you know, we need to read something else. It was just like, okay, we'll, you know, we'll read this. Um, so I read like Baldwin on my own. Like I read mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. When I got to college though, you know, that class showed me like, no, there are other stories that should be taught, right? Mm-hmm. So the woman in the attic, we need to hear her voice. Mm-hmm. We need to see what her experiences mm-hmm. are, right? Mm-hmm. We need to... And it's funny because in the novel, all, that's all you know about her, you know, is that she kind of met this guy and whatever, they had a child or whatever. So it's like this, this idea that, you know, those stories get locked up in the attic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we know that they're there. We just don't want to see them. We don't want to hear them and they're forbidden because Jane Eyre as the governor's couldn't go up there. So it's like, so we can't access it. 
And all we're saying is that there is another story, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There is another way to look at this, this situation. Like American history. Like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. There is, a, there is another story, right. right? And so I think to say that these stories, you know, even if it's, even if it's in this space of, so, so one of the things we see a lot of now in, in terms of the request, I think it's the American Library Association was saying that they've had unprecedented amount of requests for banned, you know, material. And it tends to, it, it tends to um, center on LGBTQ, mm -hmm. um, you know, books and, and material. And even in that space, so let's say, you know, in, you know, there are challenges with um, sharing that material or your kids having access to material. I'm going to go back to the missed opportunity, mm -hmm. right? Go back to the, so what is objectionable? What are we, what are we struggling with? But more importantly, like, let's talk about like the characters and, and what they're struggling with and, 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 and why are we not necessarily willing to um, just kind of share these stories, you know, with our, with our children. What are we afraid that's going to happen? Right. 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 What right. are we afraid that's going to happen? And so again, to go back to this space, cause I did it with my parents before, like, okay, so this is what, you know, this is our experience. And so what do you think about, you know, what should happen and that kind of thing? I think, I think those conversations to dig really deeply mm -hmm. with kids, mm -hmm. I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I was, um, as you were talking and, and I kind of brought up history, I was thinking about the, the 1619 project mm. um, and how um, that project really threatened the existence yeah. of a lot of people in yeah. this country who were concerned that the lens yes. didn't, was not white centered, That's right. you know, centered around That's whiteness right. mm -hmm. and centered around the, the narrative that um, almost makes the enslavement period seem not so bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, good masters. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and what, you know, that book did was, um, you know, it, it pushed the envelope for a lot of people, obviously, but what it did was it, it gave another lens. Yeah. It allowed yes. us to see, but mm -hmm. the truth is there's a lot of, you know, um, primary sources that you can go to currently, mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. are, that are readily available and accessible all over the place That's right. that would back up and support another story yes. outside of what we are often taught in school. Yes. So many times students don't, black students don't know their history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And, and no one else does either. That's right. You know, That's and so right. it's not being taught in schools. Mm -hmm. So you've got, a, you know, generations of kids who don't know our story or even the strength of our story as, as black people. Absolutely. You know, the fact that our, generations have been able to survive beyond the mistreatment mm -hmm. that um, that our ancestors had to face is remarkable in and of itself. Absolutely. The trauma that, you know, is is carried through our bloodlines is just unbelievable. It really is. I yesterday I was coming downstairs and my husband had on the History Channel and on the History Channel they were talking about the Buffalo Soldiers, like mm. the, the military regiment. And I was like, what channel is this? He said, it's a history channel. They're showing all black documentaries today. It was, you know, the MLK holiday. Sure. I'm like, 
So anytime I turn on a history channel, it's always stuff that's like, I've already seen this. Like, why do you see George Washington again? You know, like how many times, right? Or, you know, D-Day or, or whatever. And those are important times and people and occurrences in history. They really are. Sure. But there are other stories. Right. And I have to wait until Martin Luther King holiday to see it. Right. You know? Right. And it was fascinating. It was, they were talking about this, this one um, um, soldier. I, I think he, I forget what the, what the rank was, but they actually made him, um, like they gave him a rank. It was during the Woodrow Wilson administration. And there was a, there was a white soldier who said, I cannot report to him. And it became such a big issue mm-hmm. that they, uh, it, it actually went up all the way up to the president. And what they decided, instead of standing up for this black man who was, you know, in the mili- in the U- United States military, um, they removed him of his from his post and forced him into retirement. Wow. You know, like over and over again, these stories of how you know people just served this country and the country didn't serve them, right? right. And so, right. Right. Um, it was just it was really great, but. You know, thinking of and we're coming up on Black History Month and I do love Black History Month, but I feel like why does that have to be the only time that we find out these stories? Mm-hmm. And by what? the time this airs, Black History Month might be like mm-hmm. almost finished. Yeah. But still, this is a really yes, important point to it bring is, up, you know. And so, you know, even TCM, I love black and white movies. I can only see black people in meaningful roles in black and white movies on Tur- Turner Classic Movies like during Black History Month. Mm. You know, it's like, come on, right. you know? And so it's so frustrating that, you know, we are limit, we, we limit these stories um, to, to these like really specific times in, of, of the month or the year or that kind of thing. And so, but we were talking about banned books and that's the challenge, right? It's like banned books bans the story, right? right? It right. bans the experience right. and it bans the voices. Right. And, and so, it's another form of discrimination. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And I think failure to recognize mm-hmm. that, right? And, and when we go along with, okay, this is a banned book list, you cannot teach this. You know, I think we really just sort of, um, we, we really just limit, right, the exposure right. that, our, that right. our, our students have and that we have Right, and then well. we raise another generation of clueless people who continue to perpetuate yes. the discrimination that their forefathers yes. um, perpetuated in our society. I have a question for you, because you're a former English mm-hmm. teacher, and we've talked about this, mm-hmm. the N-word. So what about those books that have the N-word? Is it okay in literature to read books in a class where the N-word is um, included? Yes. So I say bring it on, okay? So uh, I was, but but you, it, it has to be the right teacher. And I, I will say that. So mm-hmm. I taught Huck Finn, you know, N-word is all through that novel. Um, but I also taught Huck Finn with the lens of, is this an abolitionist text, right? So when we read that, when, when we frame it that way, and we decide, and by the way, we start off with a conversation on the N-word. Black and white kids, Latino kids, Asian, everybody in that room, we talked about it. Because something, it's, it's a word that they have all been exposed to through music or otherwise, right? And so let's talk about, let's talk about what our experiences are, what do we think about it. You have to give kids the opportunity 
to chop it up, right? To right. analyze it right. and have those, those conversations. And there were more than once kids walked away with, I'm not, I'm never going to use that word again. It's like, mm -hmm. okay. Right. Cause we talked about the history. So we know where this word is coming mm -hmm. from. Right. So I think if you, but if you don't do that, right. Right. If Missed opportunity. Yes. If you don't do that, they never get the opportunity to challenge them, their own selves. Right. Not only their peers, but their own selves. Like, why am I using this word? Right. What I really like is how you said, um, you asked them, is this an abolitionist text? Mm -hmm. So that's a critical thinking yes. um, exercise, right, in mm -hmm. and of itself. Because mm -hmm. what you're saying is, I don't want you to just see this as it has typically been presented. Right. I now want you to think about it from another vantage point. Yes. You know, what is being seen in, you know, and, and understood, you know, through another lens. Yeah. And that's a masterful teacher there, you know, like. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I bow to you. No, um, but <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. But, you know, but really it's like it, it takes um, a, a gifted educator to be able to say, I can take a text and I can make it meaningful and I can help students, even an old text like mm -hmm. Huck Finn, mm -hmm. I can take it and I can make it meaningful and relevant yes. for kids right now, today. Yes. And there's a lot of text that's coming out right now, like you mentioned, you know, um, text around the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. or even text of, of, um, related to um, people of color. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about the stories that we learn in school, whose story is yeah. being told? So we know about white folks, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many Asian folks do we know that's about? That's true. That's right. That's How many Latino right. folks do we know that's about? It. That's How it. many people with disabilities do we know about? Mm -hmm. You know, like when you mm -hmm. think about like the different groups of people who are not represented yes. in text. Now let's take the little children that's who right. are opening the books, and every time they see a book, they don't see themselves right. represented and reflected in the text. That is so true. You know, so it makes them. It means it sends a message to them that mm -hmm. they're invisible. That's right that they're not valued, they're not important, that um, they don't matter mm -hmm. in society. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's kind of the message that Toni Morrison was getting yeah. when the critics were saying, well, you need to write for a wider audience. Yes. Mm -hmm. What they're saying is, the story of black people is just not that important. That's right. And it's not gonna sell. That's right, you know, black and, people don't read. Right, yes. right, mm -hmm. and, and, and sadly, that commentary and that mentality still carries today yes in you know in different ways you know and so it's like how come we live in a we live in a world we live in a country we live in a state that is extremely diverse yes. there are people from all different ethnic groups mm -hmm. all different walks of life all different religious backgrounds we don't know hardly anything about them we don't we don't we know very little about their customs that's right very little about their histories very little about their cultures because schools are not opening opportunities for us to be able to learn. And I think in this case, it's like, I don't say it's as simple as, but I think when it comes to like the story, so it's like, so you don't have to ban Huck Finn. You don't even have to ban Faulkner or anybody else. What you can do is show the other side, exactly. right? So yes, I read Jane Eyre, but reading Wide Sargasso Sea sort of brought the story together, right? So we read Huck Finn, but then we also read slave narratives. Why would Jim want to run away? You know, so when we see that, you know, how 
absolutely horrible, impossible, and brutal this life was mm -hmm. as, as an enslaved person, then we know, right? Like this is why he would, he would want to leave. Mm -hmm. This is why, mm -hmm. right? And so I think sort of providing the, uh, that, that other story. So for every story, it's, this, is not a, this is not a get rid of the can, the literary canon conversation. This is add voices to. Right. 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 Add, add right. voices to. So for every, for every story that we read in a novel or a short story or poetry, find another voice right. to finish the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's where, I think that's the challenge that we're having with there are, the fact that there are patterns of exclusion in the movement to ban books is the challenge. Right, that's yeah. really what it is. Mm -hmm. It's really about patterns of exclusion. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. not inclusivity, not, right. you know, not diversity. That's right. Um, you know, not anything that creates a sense of belonging that's for groups right. of students mm -hmm. who, are, who have not been represented. That's right. It really is about being exclusive, which kind of goes to this, you know, kind of white supremacist mm -hmm. mentality yeah. that still permeates our society, sadly and unfortunately, and still creates problems, yeah. you know? And so, you know, I, I think you've laid it out there really beautifully. Um, ultimately, I don't know, are there any books that you think should ever be banned? That's a good question. Um, see, I, I see the, the teaching potential in, in, in just about all the literature that I've, that I've read. Mm -hmm. That said, I have not read every single thing. Sure. You sure. know, so I don't know that I could say that there are none that should. I just think we look at look at um, whose voice is being told, mm -hmm. what's the literary merit, what's the instructional merit, you know. And I think when we stop at oh, this is about these kids. Do when you when you stop there, you are sh it, it's short sighted. Yeah, it's short sighted, and so we have to take a look at again, you know, whose voice, whose voices is whose stories being told. What's the literary merit? You know, what are we, which I will say most books, I would say virtually all books have literary merit. I'm not one to say like, don't teach that. I'm just That's just not me. But more importantly, like what, now what are we teaching, mm -hmm. right? What are we teaching from this, from this book or what can we teach? What can kids learn? Um, I think we have to start there. And I don't think that's so hard. I don't think that's so hard either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this conversation yeah, with too. you and I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Um, please stay with us with our podcast series. We've got more topics that we can talk about. We can even dig deeper with this one yeah. if we chose oh, to. Um, but you know, we really enjoy sharing these conversations with you. We hope that you're enjoying them as well. Again, I'm Tanya. I'm Erica. And thank you for joining us. Take care.